How's it going, everyone? Before we get to our show today, I just wanted to make a quick announcement about Path 11 TV and our February event that we are having. Uh, we have invited Drew Cowley, who is a psychic guide, intuitive, evidential medium, Reiki master teacher, and meditative facilitator to come to Path 11 TV and offer a gallery reading to show us his mediumship skills. And anyone who is subscribed to Path 11 TV will be invited to a private Zoom room on February 16th. 16th at 11 a.m. And he will be providing mediumship readings for you. Now, of course, readings aren't guaranteed. Uh, he only has about an hour to do this. And um, he will do his best to get through everyone. But I am very, very excited to have him on Path 11 TV. And again, this is something that is a perk for our subscribers only. So you can't actually watch this on Path 11 TV. Uh, when you subscribe, we will send you an email with the invitation uh, with the private Zoom link so that you can enter this cool event on February 16th at 11 a.m. And that is Eastern Standard Time. And I had a reading by him. I was very, very impressed. I like the way that he works so much so that I'm going to take his mediumship training. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy his presence and just for today, I'm going to give you a coupon code for 30% off of your subscription of Path 11 TV. You can go ahead and put podcast 30 in. You could sign up for a seven day free trial, but I know that you are going to want to at least subscribe for a few months, if not the full year. And like I said, every month we have an event like this. So if you're not subscribed, you're going to miss out on it. So head on over again to path11tv.com. We have that coupon code 30% off podcast 30. And I am really excited for our guest today. So let's head on over to our show. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast today. I am very excited to talk to my guest, Susan Plunkett. I think she's going to make me feel a little less crazy than I sometimes already do. Uh, being a mental health therapist in, you know, wearing one hat, and then I have this whole other spiritual world and these spiritual experiences that I have as an energy healer and trying to bring both of these worlds together. And that is exactly what Susan does. Um, she is the author of three books. She is a psychologist. And and in private practice in New York City. Uh, she received her doctorate at the New School for Social Research in 1989. An author of three books, I'd like to let you know each of the titles, When Every Breath Becomes a Prayer, Mission from Venus, and her new book that is coming out in January of 2021, which is going to be the focus of our interview today, is The Wanderers on Earth. And this is... Um, channeled work, I believe, and she's going to tell us a little bit more, and encounters with dimensional beings. So this is like right up my alley. I cannot wait. And I would like to bring Susan on to the show today. Hi, Susan. Hi, April. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you. So we've got lots to talk about here. Um, I know that, well, actually, I'll let you give our listeners a little bit of your background, um, kind of the psychology that you study, the work that you've been doing in the mental health world. And then where has that kind of led you to put a book out about uh, dimensional beings and different dimensions? So I'd love to hear more. Um, yes, yeah, so I 
For 31 years, I've been practicing uh, as a clinical psychologist in Greenwich Village in New York City. Um, but always during that time, and I've only been writing for the last 10 years. Um, during that time of work, I was always going to healers like you um, for healings, going to intuitives, going to shamans, um, going to channelers. And over the years, they were telling me, um, well, 30 years ago, one woman who channeled a being called Manka, who was the most wonderful being, um, I asked how I could help the clients that I worked with. And he said, I assume it was a he, but he said, well, you really can't do anything, but if you'll just let us come through, we'll do the healing for you. And then I realized that, uh, of course I gave permission um, because I was just a young psychologist and, but I could feel in my sessions um, an idea or something I was supposed to say to the client sometimes just like drop in. <laughs> and it was very different than if I'd had the thought. I knew that it wasn't my thought. I mean, scientists, many scientists today tell us no thoughts are our thoughts, that we're all, the brain is just a receiver for cosmic consciousness and we're all just receiving consciousness according to the vibration that we're functioning at. So, but I did at that time experience that vibration is different and sort of wiser than mine. But I didn't want to open up that channel, uh, even when in 2010, I was speaking to a channel who's now passed over. And he said, you know, you're a channel and they want they, meaning your my gods, want you to write. And I was like, I don't know how to write. Um, <laughs> I never did well in school. Um, but, and I'm afraid because if I open that channel, what if the dark side comes through? What if Darth Vader types come through? So I was just afraid. And then over the next five, and I didn't do anything about it. Over the next five years, I heard it several more times from Cindy Dale, uh, who's an intuitive in Minnesota. She said, it's one degree below zero and I'm burning up because your gods and my gods are saying she has to write. And then a shaman, daughter of an Australian Aborigine, who I've worked with for 10 years said, look, it's a trilogy and write it. Will you just write it already? You don't even have to write it because you're part of a council in the formless world and they just want you to be the scribe. By that time I had written when every breath becomes a prayer because like you, April, I had had three deaths, uh, my father, my mother and my younger sister within a year and a half and it was devastating and my dog and um i was I, I needed to write about that when every breath becomes a prayer was and also my then husband left me in the middle of it because uh because he fell in love with someone else who was 20 years younger so that book was about processing all that but the other books Mission from Venus and the Wanderers on Earth are channeled. That book was just me teaching myself how to write and working through my baggage, my, my pain over all that loss. Um, but these books, uh, they're coming from 
the fifth dimension or someplace. And they ground me, as weird as that sounds. If I'm flustered or not vibrating at a frequency that's comfortable, if I can find a few hours to write, I just feel so much better because I'm in contact with the formless realm and I'm just scribing. And I love doing that. So it was a process of opening up that channel um, for more than just seeing clients, for then to bring the message. And the other day they said, <clears throat> when I was trying to write, well, you know, this could have been said in two sentences, but we prefer a story because it's more palatable. I said, oh yeah, what were the two sentences? You could have saved me a lot of time. They were like, okay, the two sentences basically are, um, we're all connected, we're all divine. And if everyone on earth would know that they were divine, it would be paradise on earth. Maybe that's three sentences. But that's basically what the trilogy is about. And all the rest is the story um, that they've given me. The first book, am I talking too much? Do you want to ask me something? No, keep going. No, no, no. You're doing great. Um, the first book, I'll hold it up if you can see it. Um, Mission from Venus. Me. It was about a call going out across the universe asking for volunteers to incarnate on Earth to bring the message that we're all one and we're all divine. So this, the whole first book, Mission from Venus, is higher dimensional beings training on Venus in the sixth dimension. You know, we perceive Venus only in the third dimension with this sulfuric acid atmosphere and uninhabitable for the most part. But there's Venus is simultaneously existing as are each of us in many, many dimensions at the same time. So the wanderers are visiting Venus in the sixth dimension, which is beautiful. And I follow eight of them four pair of twin flames. And when they get there for the training, thousands of volunteers come and they are trained by higher dimensional light beings, uh, included among them, Lord Sananda, Lady Nada, Lord Lanto, all the Kohans, the masters of light who are responsible for caring for earth. Um, and they're taught many lessons about how to, how to function on earth, but they have to give up their higher dimensional powers to incarnate on earth because you we have to pass through the veil of forgetting, which is why most humans don't remember all their many lives in other galaxies and other places, because that's the rule on earth. That's the law. It's one of the few, if not the only planet where we have that law. But you and I and everyone listening, you can get around that veil through your dreams for one thing, through past life regression work for many kinds of healing but the wanderers will have to forget that they are higher dimensional beings, that they have a twin flame and that they volunteered for a mission and they have to be born as human infants and they have to grow up and they have to wake up and remember that they're divine. The same thing we have to do. Uh, but as long they're not only doing that, but the dark Lords of Orion um, are trying to kill them because they do not want earth to ascend to the fourth and fifth dimension on the path of light. They want to enslave humans and the planet for the dark side and to advance. And you can advance up through the dimensions on the dark side by taking power over people. So there's kind of a battle of light versus dark. And in the second book, the wanderers on earth, they're, they're born. And this book opens when they're 21, but the 
and I'm following eight of them. And the twin flames are about to rediscover one another. And that starts to awaken their higher dimensional powers. And when they all get back together, the eight of them, they create a game called Fifth Dimension, a virtual reality game. And they, humans can play the game and spread the word because they're trying at every turn to let everyone know that you're all divine. You all are so powerful, but you don't know how powerful you are. So that's kind of, and many things happen to the wanderers. They're born in New York City, Dublin, London, Cairo, Mumbai, uh, Tehran, Moscow. They're born in eight different cities around the world to different human families and they have to wake up. And somehow they've managed to get back together from across all these places. Wow. So it's really, it sounds like it's written kind of more like a sci-fi novel, but I feel like what you're tapping into could possibly be wisdom that you're downloading and channeling from these other dimensions. And like you said, they said, but we want to create it into a story. Because it'll be more palatable, right? Um, Than just listing, just telling people you're divine. Yeah. So they, I think they do, they've said to me right in the morning, because I think they do downloads in the night, but also sometimes when I'm sitting there and I'll be typing a word and they'll change it. I'll, they'll tell, I'll hear a word and then I have to like put that word. But not usually do they go for the word, but sometimes they'll go at the word. Um, usually I just see, I see scenes and I write the scenes I see. Mm. And then other things occur and I, tried to build the message around that. So all the ideas are channeled, but the characters, probably the characters are channeled too. I don't know. Um, But one character I named after my own higher self, and I only learned the name of my own higher self about four years ago, um, right after my sister died and I wanted to contact her my younger sisters died very quickly of cancer. Um, So I went to a past life regression therapist who had been trained by Michael Newton to do, no, a life between life regression therapist. And it was two four hour sessions. And when I crossed over into the life between life place, you know, I, I was laying on a chaise in a room with, with the past life, the life between life regression therapist. And he kept asking me things and I was weeping the whole time. I, I, I wanted him to stop talking to me because I was carrying on uh, via mental telepathy conversations on the other side and he was interrupting me. But I think he was trying to hold on to me, to tether me, but also mm-hmm. to get a record. But at one point he said to me, uh, what do you look like over there? And I had no idea. He said, look down, look down. So I looked down and I was a blue oval about my own height, five feet five, um, just made of light. And then he said, so what's your name? Without missing a beat, I said, Sonam. Where did that come from? I never heard that word before. So one of the characters in, in both these books is Sonam. Um, and then the other names, I don't know, they just came to me, probably, you know, the council. Um, 
and the names of the dark lords came. So, uh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But that was a great experience, that life between life regression, because I did contact my sister, um, who was also an oval of light. And it was just a transcendent experience. I didn't know you could cross over to life between life, but just like so many things, um, when I needed to know that you could go to that place of life between life, I got the information. I read Michael Newton's books. They recommended a, a life between life regression therapist in New York City. Um, and while I was over there, the therapist said, are they telling you, you should train to do this work, to take people to life between life? And I said, no, they're not telling me that. They're telling me to just do what I'm doing, that not to do that. So, but, you know, as you know well, um, like losing a lot of people and they're on the other side. And if you feel that you're not complete in some way, it's really good to go and talk to them. Because yeah. they do come through in your dreams because that's, the most palatable way for most people because if you're if someone you died and you suddenly saw them at the foot of your bed or they walked into your kitchen which they could do you'd be freaking out most people would. <laughs> but you know if they come in a dream then hey we're not scared right. because we just figure that's okay in a dream because anything weird can happen in a dream dreams see around corners and into the future you know, they see through the veil of forgetting. So um, that in a nutshell. Wow. I, I'm so curious, too, to hear a little bit about um, how do you feel like your practice has changed a little bit? Um, I mean, I can relate so much. And I know that there are more mental health, social workers, people doing the work that we do um, that are having the same experiences we're having. I mean, I do feel that we... Um, you know, received a calling to be able to help, you know, that I think that we are helpers on earth yeah. and we're assisting people. And I think a wanderer, April. <laughs> it might be. There might are 80 be. million wanderers here. Wow. 80 million. 80 million. That's what they said. Yeah. It's the eight I'm writing about, but I think people who do what you say, they're probably wanderers. You. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so many, you know, in our field, probably in other, other fields too. But when you were talking about how, um, you know, you just feel like you would get this download and kind of words, I have like this physical sensation when that happens to me in my sessions, where it's almost like my clinical brain shuts off. And I could feel an energetic shift happen. And then all of a sudden, these words come down. I'm like, wow, that was like really phenomenal. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's like, I'm using words that I normally wouldn't per se, yeah. or like you said, it's like such a profound idea where, you know, the ego self wants to say, oh, I just made this grand connection and, you know, and your client's eyes light up and they're like, yes, that's it. But I'm like, this is totally not me. You yeah. know, like it really feels like, um, the higher consciousness, whatever it might be, is coming in to help the client. And it's like, I don't have many people to talk to about that, except people yeah. like you, you know? Um, so it's really, it's refreshing to hear that, you know, you're experiencing yeah. some of that. And how do you feel like um, your practice is kind of changing after writing these books and, you know, getting more connected with these dimensional beings? How do you, do you see your clients differently or has your work evolved? Uh 
I think I always knew, but couldn't, but didn't keep it top of mind because Jung, Carl Jung actually said it, the work, the therapeutic work is not done until the client is aware that they're connected to something greater, until they understand that they are connected to the divine. Um, because back in those days, in Carl Jung's days, they actually talked about the unconscious as what it is, the divine. It is cosmic consciousness. It is the neural net. It is God. It is whatever. Now, even Jungians, uh, they, don't, they creep around. They don't say that so much. But um, it's more forefront to me that people, um, if they're ready, but the people that will probably come to someone like you or come to someone like me are already self-selected through their own subconscious to choose someone who is going to be in contact with cosmic consciousness or, or they want that kind of information. Um, so I'm more uh, open about talking to them about their own higher self and, and the idea that their ego and their higher self need to be functioning in parallel not one this way and one that way because that's what's causing them pain mm. it used to be i focus more on complexes because uh analytical psychology young's analytical psychology was a lot about complexes mother complex father complex money complex inferiority complex and it's powerful it's a powerful tool but uh now i try to also emphasize um the level of their vibration um and taking responsibility for raising their own vibration as they walk through the world because if you raise your vibration you can clear five six city blocks you know help everybody within five blocks of you you can walk into a subway car and like change the whole energy if you're like conscious of vibrating at a level of where you're channeling uh, well, let's call it just love and the divine. Hmm. So I try to, now I'm not seeing anyone in person. I'm seeing all clients on Zoom. But in my office, you know, I had always smudged. I had always kept crystals. Um, but I would really consciously try to raise the vibration before each person and cleanse it much more rigorously after just so that no one had to walk in or sit in the same place of anyone else's energy they're so aware that so much is energy yeah beautiful so i want to go back a little bit to the book the wanderers on earth and you you had said to me oh april maybe you're a wanderer and there's 80 million on the planet so how do you define a wanderer how, you know people's oh, people right. are wondering are they one um, yeah wanderer? okay um yeah most people, most of that 80 million probably don't know they're wanderers, but a wanderer is someone who had already evolved past the third dimension where we're living to a higher dimensional level and is capable of channeling a lot of light and holding a lot of violet light, a lot of energy. And they volunteer. They volunteer to wander down from the fifth or sixth dimension to the third dimension and then be on the earth to raise the vibration of for all beings. So 
a wanderer is someone who volunteered to come here. For, and they, for example, I believe Tesla was a wanderer. Wanderers want to give love. They don't want to hold on anywhere. I think the quintessential thing about wanderers is they don't want anything for themselves that they don't want for all beings. Hmm. They don't want to like think, well, this is mine. And if you take a piece, I'm getting less. They know it's not a pie. They know that it's love is endless. Wealth is endless. Everything is without end. So, and they kind of know that. So they don't, and they understand that the happiness of all beings ultimately is completely assured. Now we don't know ultimately how many more lifetimes, this lifetime, but if anyone who has the consciousness, like Tesla wanted to give away electricity, right? give it all away. Benjamin Franklin wanted to give away his inventions. He was probably a wanderer. Of course, Buddha, Jesus Christ, Muhammad, all wanderers, all avatars and wanderers, because they all preached that message of do unto others, love, connection. Anybody who's talking to you about that and you talking to your clients, you know, probably higher dimensional consciousness, whether or not you know it, you know. Wow, so interesting. Let me, I want to ask you a couple of other questions that we have here too. Um, When you're talking about humans moving up to the fourth dimension, um, what does that mean? So what is it that determines whether or not a human can move to, so we're in the third dimension, to move to the fourth dimension along with earth? And if they can't, kind of what happens to them? And maybe you can give a little overview of the different dimensions too, what that means. Let me uh, talk about ascension from the third to the fourth dimension first. Um, Earth was until very recently a third dimensional planet. It, Earth, Earth, Mother Earth herself is a being with heart cha- with chakras, like the, uh, the sh- heart chakra of Mother Earth is Glastonbury. The solar plexus chakra is in Australia, the biggest rock in the world, Uluru. Um, but, and Mother Earth is ready to move into the fourth dimension and is because we are now in the age of Aquarius. We began in 1947, by the 60s, we had a whole foot in, hence the age of Aquarius, the musical hair, the fifth dimension singing that song, age of Aquarius. But it takes, it takes 80, 80 to 200 years to fully move in. So we've left the Piscean age, we're in the age of Aquarius, Um, And we'll see, like on the 21st, when uh, Jupiter and Saturn come together in a union and look like one bright star. It's it's fourth dimension is different from third dimension. And the fourth dimension is the dimension of love and unity, where all beings are one. Third dimension, we're learning about love. We're, We're still stuck in duality, rich and poor, old and young, weak and strong, Uh, high and low Um, it's about duality but once you can bring the dualities together into unity you're fourth dimensional and at least what they're saying to me is that the way that someone can move up is if your vibration that is if you're holding enough light energy then you can survive in the fourth dimension if you're not able to hold enough 
if your vibration is too low, you can't hold enough light energy, the fourth dimension will not be hospitable to you. So when you die, when a person who remains with the consciousness of separation dies on earth now, they will have to go to another planet that's third dimensional. They, can, they can't come back to earth. If, if those people that don't make the leap in terms of their vibration and ability to hold light and understand the consciousness of unity and compassion and love for all beings as one, they will have another 75,000 years on another planet. And then they'll have another chance to move to the fourth. Everybody gets there. How long do you want to take? You know, you want to do it now? Then get, you know, get conscious of love and unity. You don't want to do it now. You want to mess around, you know, have a few thousand more lifetimes. You're going to do it somewhere else because earth is going to be paradise in a couple hundred years because it will be all fourth dimensional beings and beyond. Third dimensional beings will be somewhere else living their lives. Do you think the pandemic is also assisting us to move into that fourth dimension? Absolutely. Because, yeah. I mean, because we're all in it together, right? I mean, this is kind of the first One time. One to unite us all. Mm. It's teaching us that we're all connected. And to get through it, we all have to take care of each other. Okay. Every person who wears a mask is taking care of the next guy. When I walk down the street, I'm so happy to see everyone wearing masks because it's like saying, hey, you get it. Oh, yeah, you get it. Oh, we all get it. Um, we love one another and we don't want anyone, you know, to get this bug, even if it is a teaching bug. And it has been. I mean, that's a lot about book three of the trilogy. It's called Battle for Earth. And it begins with the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement as things to bring us together, to awaken us. Yeah. And I guess, you know, the other thing on a very spiritual level with the pandemic too, not saying that people aren't conscious of this normally, but I think what the pandemic is teaching us is, you know, really what we, what we do can affect not only one person, but 10 people, 20 people, 30 people. So there's this state of consciousness in practicing a very kind of real life, third dimensional thing, I guess yeah. you could say, you know, that we're experiencing, but the way that we're approaching it, like you said, with wearing the mask or uh, even washing our hands and yeah. you know, being mindful about our exposure and who then we can expose really shows kind of this interconnectedness and this moving up into the heart chakra of really caring about others and not just ourselves, you know, moving a little bit more from the egoic self into that heart centered energy. Yes, exactly. Because what, what you just described is what happens on an energetic level, because, okay, we, we, we need the bug to teach us how contagious we are, but our energy is all the time contagious. If someone's in a black mood, they can just drop the temperature in a room by walking into it 20 degrees, ah, you know, but <laughs> if someone's vibrating, you know, like in a higher mood, they can lift everyone up. It's like the pandemic is showing us how contagious we are, but our energy is also contagious. We can lift one another up. And I imagine a lot of what you do as, as a healer and as a therapist is you vibrating at a certain level. They just come into contact with you and their energy starts to shift. And then they have to hold it. They have to hold that energy. So that's their challenge. They start to vibrate. They feel good when they leave your office. And can they hold that vibration, you know, for the right. week until they see you again? Or, um, 
Yeah, I think you're so it's such a good point you make about the pandemic is our teacher. It is one bug to unite us all and to teach us how contagious invisible things are. The bug is invisible, our energy is invisible. Right. But and even with all of that being invisible and we can't even see it, there's still an experience attached to it, you know, and it's still very viable, even though it is not seen. I mean, it's kind of like a great metaphor to explain energy work too. It's like, you're not seeing necessarily anything coming out of the hands or whatever, but it's a, it's an experience on the being level. It absolutely is like probably a lot of people who would benefit from Reiki and hands-on healing don't actually get that it is, it is scalar waves. It is the divine energy that is coming through you as the healer, channeling. Um, And they don't, you know, they would benefit, but they maybe don't trust what they can't see. So maybe the pandemic will teach them, hey, trust what you can't see. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Well, Susan, thank you so much for uh, spending time with us here today. I'd like you to let our listeners know where they can find your books. If we have other, you know, New York City people that are listening and they are looking for a therapist that is connected into the higher consciousness, you are the woman for them. Um, So let's give everybody your contact information so they can purchase your books, maybe give you a call and uh, Zoom with you. Thank you so much, April. Um, they can go to, well, the books are, are on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and all those places where people buy books online. Um, they can go to my website, susanplunkett.com. Plunkett has one T. It's, I'll hold up the book so they can see them and my name. But I also have a website for the books. Um, and that website is called missionfromvenus.com. And uh, if they go on Facebook, I have read actually out loud the first five chapters of Wanderers. If they go to Susan Plunkett on Facebook, uh, I've read them one at a time and they can listen to them if they wanna see even if they would like the books. So, but thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you. I'd love to have you on again, because I'd like to read probably all three. I think we could have three more conversations about uh-huh. your book. So I have a feeling you're going to be a guest that's going to be back uh, on the Path Love podcast. It's nice to meet a counterpart with foots in two worlds and wearing two hats. Yes. Bye. Bye, Susan. Have thank you so day. much. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that show. And don't forget to head on over to path11tv.com. Grab your annual membership for $59. Remember, that is 40% off the regular price. So I really want you to take advantage of our launch deal of $59. You get over 75 hours of content that we have on there. So head on over to path11tv.com. Take advantage of the annual membership. All right, guys, take care.